Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, sitting across from me, tapping away on his laptop with the Georgia sticker on it, is the one and only Evan Grant. Evan, how are you? I'm busy typing. Yeah. What's know. up, Kevin? How are you, man? <laughs> it's great to be here with you. Are you transcribing something? Are you no, just... I'm sending an email. Sending an email? I had okay. an email that I needed to send and I forgot to send. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. It's an awful thing. So, Evan, uh, the Rangers uh, have been all over the map. Uh, I don't want to say this month. Let's say the last, since the All-Star break. They've been all over the map. They have been truly, truly awful. And then they've been, I don't know, I would call it great, but they just, you know, they, they beat, they swept the Astros, they smoked the Orioles. Uh, uh, everybody's, you know, everybody's we, smoking the Orioles. I will say this. I, I just was looking at the, the uh, standings uh, earlier today, and the Orioles are 4-19 and 19 against the American League West. Ow. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, it would be even more amazing that they're three of those wins are against the Rangers. So, um <laughs> To what degree they smoked the Orioles, I don't know. They didn't play real good against them in Baltimore right before the break. Uh, I said since the break. But since the break, you know, they came out and they hammered a Baltimore team that has traded away all of its assets with the exception of Adam Jones. Yeah, and how do you you think Adam Jones feels? You know, I I think Adam Jones right now, just like he said publicly, uh, this was my choice. I earned this right. I want to stay here. Um, he's a guy who is very involved in the in in, in the community in which he uh, spends the baseball season. Uh, I'm sure it's tough to be on a team that's going to win about 30 percent of its games, maybe less when all is said and done. But I think he weighed all that into it. Um, he could have gone somewhere and chased a ring, but I think his his choice was was based on his family and his roots there. And I. I Again, you know, we we just spent a Cowboys podcast talking a lot about some social issues, right? And and I respect people's opinion on that. Same way, a guy earns his ten and five rights. Oh, his, sure, his ability sure, to sure. To a trade, and uh, Adam I, Jones is a great guy. Uh, yes, he is, and and he's very he's very invested in in the community in 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 the community in specific in Baltimore and the community at large across the country. Uh, so this, I think, he thought this through, and and I think that. Uh, um, he made his choice, and there's nothing to say that this month, and this could be the same with Adrian Beltre. You know, he could be placed on waivers. He could clear waivers, uh, and the, the the Orioles could offer him another go-round, and maybe his mind changes at that point. Not the Orioles, the Red Sox, you mean? Well, the Orioles could offer him another go-round in terms of a trade somewhere. Oh, you're talking about I think well, you're all over the place. I thought you were still t- I thought you had switched over to talk about Adrian. No, I'm talking about Adam. I was talking about Adam Jones. With Adrian and, and with Adrian, I, I want to be clear here. I don't see any way that Adrian Beltre plays for any other team other than the Cleveland Indians if he's dealt. Really? Okay. Cleveland has the prevailing waiver claim in the American League ahead of both of the wild card teams. Yeah. The Indians have expressed interest in the past. Uh if Cleveland were to put in a claim the biggest risk would be that the Rangers would potentially, uh, quote-unquote, stick them with the contract. If you think John Daniels is going to pass Adrian Beltre off on a waiver claim and let that be the way he, he ends his career here, 
No way. So if I'm the Indians, there's zero risk in me. I like Adrian Beltre. He could help my team. There's no way I'm going to get, quote, unquote, stuck with the contract. There is no risk for me to putting in a claim. And I sure as heck don't want him ending up in Boston, particularly if I have to play them at some point in time. Yeah. So if, if I am the, the Indians, there is no way that I do not put in a claim on Beltre. Um, I've tried to think this through. I think that the only the, their only thought would be, do we have the money? But I don't think that's a concern because if if the if the situation isn't right, Adrian would turn down a trade. If if the Rangers can't come up with value, the Rangers wouldn't make the trade. Um, so it, it all for me lines up for the Indians. That said, I expect that he'll probably hit a home run in Game Seven of the World Series for Boston. Wow, so I, I, I'm sure I've overthought this to the point of making myself dumb, but I don't see any way that if the Rangers place him on waivers, and they will place him on waivers, that he would get past the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to envision uh, how this uh, plays out going forward, and and, uh, and a lot of it has to do, obviously, with uh, with Adrian and how healthy he remains and and how he plays from from here on out. Uh, I gotta say, you know, whatever happens with Adrian, then God bless him, and and then you know, if he if he wants to go someplace else, then good for him. And and, and then if the Rangers bring him back, either on a one day deal or uh, you know for all of next year, then that's that's great too. But here's something that has happened here, and uh, um, and let's let's also just as much as we love Adrian, yeah, he is 39 years old, right. He is, his OPS is 720. Right. His slugging percentage is below 400. Right. So um, he's not had the injuries. This is not. This is not like when the Rangers went out and got Carlos Beltran. We always and, and we've wanted to compare those situations. Carlos was having a terrific year with right. the Yankees when they made that deal, that unfortunate deal. Uh, so uh, it's yeah, it's, he's not going to bring anything in return. That, that that's the issue for me. You know, it, it, you're not going to get anything for him. No. Nothing. And I know that the idea is, oh, you just pile up as many bodies as possible. Well, there's there's a point at which, you know, it's not worth it. Uh, so I don't have any problem with them keeping him. But, I, and, you know, you wrote about a guy uh, uh, for today, uh, paper and, and on the web, or maybe it was just on the web. I don't know. It, was the, it was the newsletter that goes oh, out. Oh, it was the newsletter. The newsletter that goes out every week, The Dirt. Um, the dirt. It's free to subscribe. Uh, comes to your your email box. Um, some days, some weeks, one day. Some some weeks, another day. A lot of it depends on on, on the daily schedule, on the uh, weekly schedule for the Rangers. But yeah, the dirt is is free to to subscribe. I, I tweet it out every every week. All right, thanks for that plug. I'm glad I gave you that opportunity. Um, and it's very fascinating to me because I believe at one point earlier in this year, I said something about Jerks and Profar, and you said, well, you know, his OPS is only like 720. It's no good. What's his OPS now? His OPS is 785. And um, what has it been since the All-Star break? Uh, I, would, the, the numbers that I had yesterday that I quoted yesterday were before yesterday's game. Um, but uh, His OPS was over eight. But since June one, which was the, yeah. the starting point that I used, he was his slash line was two seventy four batting average, three seventy six on base, four seventy slug, and an eight forty six OPS. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah, um, I think you know the the question that you and I both have. He's 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 a. We both said he's a serviceable player. Right. I, I think he proved that back in June. Yeah. Um, I did not. I, he has performed offensively. 
um, for the last two months, right, above the level that that I pro- I projected, right. Uh, Anybody project? The the question would still be okay now. If he performed this way from the very beginning, people would still be talking about him as a potential star. Yes, yes. Um, but the question now still remains: Where does he play? Absolutely, and that's what I want to bring up about Adrian. You know, I have said all along, everybody has always wanted to put uh, jerks in. Well, what about at third base? Because the Rangers don't have any prospects at third base behind Adrian, right? And I've always said, well, you know, look what happened when you put Michael over there, uh, Michael Young to play third base. Not a good move for him or for the Rangers, and that's one of the reasons why they went out and got Adrian Beltre uh, was to play third base. However, Emily Jones said something on the broadcast last night that really intrigued me. I wanted to make – as a matter of fact, I, was, I wasn't sure I got it. I backed up the broadcast just to hear this part, and she said that Jerickson said he's more comfortable at third base or shortstop than he is on the right side of the infield. And which was interesting to me that he said third base uh, because, you know, most guys who play shortstop do not want to play third base. I think I think with him, it's more the idea of the uh, the throw, the throw, the angle of the throw. I'm, I'm sure that's probably what it was. And I would like to talk to him about it. But what's interesting to me is that uh, this is when we talked before about, oh, what are fans going to look for at the back half of the season? It's all lost. The team stinks. There's no race. There's no nothing. These are the really exciting things to me to look at is that all of a sudden, not only is Ruggie Odor playing at an unbelievable level across the board, defensively, offensively, there's never been a time when he was close to being this good as an all-around player. Right now, he's playing like one of the, the two or three best second basemen in the league. You know, he's just been tremendous. Also in the also in the newsletter this week, I did post. Um, uh, you know, for me, the the uh, we're getting off off uh, focus for just one second. Go ahead. But you mentioned Odor, and uh, I did a little bit of research based on uh, where he was on June nineteenth, the day he got benched yeah. uh, in Kansas City. And I do think that that while there have been a number of different things that have led to his his comeback. I think that was kind of the uh, the real match striking the, the flint. Um, since that day, he entered yesterday with a one with a one point oh six seven OPS, which was fifth in the major leagues. Right. So from June nineteenth through August fifth, he was at one point zero six seven um, behind Matt Carpenter, Jose Ramirez, who's probably the favorite for the American League MVP, Javier Baez, and Kristen Yelich. Uh, Christian Yelich. It's 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 been an amazing turnaround for him. Back to your point on Profar, though. Well, it's it's a larger point too. Is that is that Profar for the first time? You know, everybody always talked about how oh he's always got the smile on his face and he's always come. Well, we we knew he didn't like playing the other positions. You know, really. And for whatever reason, now he just seems to be letting it all go. And he's playing so well now in all phases of the game. You know, he's he's playing pretty good defense. He's he's running better. You know, the game where he, we took the shot on his head, two great running plays right in a row. Uh, he's playing instinctively. He he actually looks a, a step faster to me. I think it's because of the confidence. I think he's just more. You know, when you're more confident in what you're doing, I think you do look faster because you're you're making that. It's 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 not a. Because that's what I see sometimes with with Chu. Even now, there just there's always a hesitation of some 
kind in the field. And 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 he's not and uh, and Profar's not had. He's playing with so much confidence. He and and I wonder if some of that is the feeling that you know what. The team is turning over to us younger guys now, and 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 you know when you feel like that that you don't have to be subservient to somebody else. I, I wonder if maybe you you know maybe that was a little bit of a barrier for him. Of course, the playing time he's getting much more consistent playing time now. He's got no question about that. And he's that's got a almost a hundred more plate appearances now than he had in any previous season. But has he? Let me ask you this because I don't know. Have is that you got his at bats in front of you there? Um, has he played? How many games has he played in? played in 99 games and and so how many games have they played overall 115 i think so he's played at about a, a normal what a normal uh starting player would play i would think that right now if you went back uh pro far is third on the team in games played behind Gallagher. but he's also third in the you know in, in most of the offensive categories he's yep. he's right up there among the the team leaders you mm-hmm. know and and so these are the things that are really impressing me with him and, and Odor, obviously, is that these guys are playing with so much more confidence. They're playing they're, – they're being so much smarter in the way they play To now. your point on running, and I, I, made, this in, I made this point in the, in the newsletter column as well, nobody's ever going to confuse Profar with being an above-average base runner. And no. he's not going to have above-average foot, foot speed. But it should be noted that he is nine for nine in stolen base attempts. This Damn, year. you had that. Has not been yeah. caught. The only guy with more stolen bases and no caught stealings this year is Jackie Bradley Jr. in Boston. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think he is playing with more confidence on every level. I also think we've both said on a number of occasions that, hey, on the left side of the field, even though he has good hands, we wonder about the arm strength. And I think that will always be something of a concern. But I feel like the more he's played, uh, the less the arm strength has been a concern. I'm not as concerned about his arm strength really as, as for whatever reason, the double clutching. He getting the ball out of his glove, and I don't know – it, that is an issue of I got to get myself set to throw, and and you know because my shoulder has bothered me before. I don't know what it is. There's just there's too much of that. Mm-hmm. If he just gets the ball out of his glove and throws, you know, then I'll feel more comfortable with him in that. But here's my, here's my question for you: Could you see him long term as the Rangers' third baseman? Well, I mean, the the issue that I have right now is still this: They brought him up in 2012 when they shouldn't have and because of all that you started his service clock and then yeah. with the two years missed you're now at a guy who really is seven days shy will be seven days shy at the end of this year of five years of service so you will have a four plus guy okay he will have 2019 2020 before he's a free agent right if you were a contending team yeah i might i might say he's my third baseman and i got to move on from beltre right um without that I don't. I still think that his utility and value to the team right now might be more in a deal to bring you a young, controllable pitcher who you would control through 21, 22. And it might still have to be part of a package, and it might have to be part of a painful package that includes parting with somebody like Nomar Mazzara. But what you have with him is a guy who's got – He's shown incredible utility this year. He's the only player in the big leagues who has started at least five games. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, point. At all four infield positions. Yeah. Um, he's hitting the ball with authority. Mm-hmm. He is. He, he's playing instinctually. And, you know, when he came up as a prospect, 
if you go back now and talk to scouts, what was the thing about Jerks and Profar that stood out? What well, was his instincts? It was right. his because he didn't do attitude. one. He didn't do one thing particularly well. Didn't do anything well. off the charts. Right. And now you're you're seeing that. You're seeing a lot more of that. So, I I I think the Rangers would be fine with him playing every day at third base or playing in the same kind because of because I think he has enough pop role. to do that. I I'd be I'd be fine with that next year. But I still think for the long term, if you're looking to build this team out the best you can, that guy. For, for a team that's got a, uh, an immediate window of contention, to have a guy who can play both left field positions, both, both left side of the infield positions, can play all four infield positions, is a switch hitter, I think that's a valuable commodity. Um, and maybe even more so for a National League team. So, I, But here, here's the thing about that. I, I will and, say and this. I, I, I will also add this. The Milwaukee Brewers just traded for Jonathan Scope. Yeah. A uh, childhood friend of you Jerks made a point about that, yeah. Um, and they gave up Rangers for, for, former Rangers first round draft pick Luis Ortiz. Uh, um, uh, and Scopes had a better career. He Scopes had a better career, worse year. Right, but I think teams are betting on the long, and, and Scope has started to hit. And, uh, and Scope has right. one year less control than Profar does. Yeah. So I, I, my question, my my thought would be if Baltimore had to take back Jonathan Villar, which really isn't anything there wasn't much in that contract right a million bucks left um and then they got an 18 year old prospect uh and they got they got luis ortiz my question is if you get a picture of luis ortiz's ability this offseason do you have to trade your jerks and pro for well two things here uh luis ortiz has now been traded twice correct of course you could say the same thing about taylor hearn uh so it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily an indictment Just of any means kind. Other teams like you you're right that's correct um, here, here's my issue with trading the young guys. And I think this is what, it's an interesting thing. we got to get uh, some of the emails and stuff I've answered recently about people talking about Joey Gallo, and for, for instance. Oh, they got to get rid, of, get rid of him this, this offseason. Why? why? Why do you have to get rid of anybody? If someone comes to you with a great deal, then, then okay, you got to think about it and do it. I understand trading the older guys. There's no question about right. that. You know, you, you have to trade. The and I had to answer in, in my mailbag this week. I had to answer a question about this, too, because somebody asked about Keone Kella. And, and what holds true here is on the first of all, we still have to put Profar in a different group because of the service clock. Right. He's young, but the service clock is it makes yes. it an entirely different case in a guy like the case of Mazzara, who will be at three years this year. Now he's starting arbitration. Right. Okay. You look around your team. Right now you've got – you're not going to be able to trade Chu, right? No. Nope. Um, and you've got Willie Calhoun there, and you've got Gallo, and you've got DeShields. You you think you've got DeShields. Um, you're going to have Leody Tavares or Julio Pablo Martinez in the not-too-distant future. You start to look around and you say, okay, can we take one of these young guys? Because right now what I think is the most valuable thing in the game to any – team making a trade is service yeah the rangers saw that with keller yeah they saw that with keller I, I would i would tell you that the return they got on keller is better than the return they got on cole hammers oh absolutely and and why because he's controllable and he's affordable well sure absolutely and and i don't have i didn't have a problem with the trade of of him as we talked before i, I think because besides the being controllable because they have options at uh, in the bullpen uh not only now but they project to have options, and they have shown the ability to create uh, uh, talent there. You know, uh, but my my point about these other guys is that, you know, what if 
you go into next season. Let's say let's say Adrian does not come back. Mm-hmm. We go into next season, and you decide, all right, now uh, Jerickson is going to be our everyday third baseman. Mm-hmm. And let's say Jerickson continues this upward arc that mm-hmm. he has shown this season, and continues to do. And let's say he's a third baseman who hits twenty five home runs, uh, plays decent defense, hits uh, two eighty, it's a three sixty, you know, OBP, you know, uh, uh, seven eighty five, you know, OPS. Whatever. Well, then you're talking to him about an extension. Well, you, you, you could be. Or if you decide that, you know, now he's really shown himself. Right. Uh, and, and see, to me, there's I, – I would – if I'm John Daniels, I don't want to rush here. I don't want to rush into anything with him. I don't want to rush into anything with Joey Gallo. I, 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 you know, I think that there is – because of this team and where it sits – and I know what you're talking about with the service time. And it's well, a and great I'm not, point. And, and my, my point is this, is this here. I don't rush into anything. Right. Um, but I do have to survey the market. And oh, you go around and check you do your due diligence? Absolutely. And then now what you get into here is in the offseason, we in the media, if if the Rangers do their due diligence and say, okay, what's the, what is your thought on, on Profar right. to another team? Immediately it's going to be reported as Rangers are shopping Profar. Right. Um, and and that not necessarily the case, but I think you do. I think it is incumbent upon you, particularly with Profar and with all those guys, to find out what their value level is, um, and do the same thing you did with Keller. The sliding scale versus is the value that we're getting long term more than what we would have in the three in the interim of, of the three years. Let me ask you this: Look up in your little splits there, uh, because uh, Profar has struggled so much mightily right-handed. I meant to he... put that in the in the thing. He's actually hitting better against left-handed pitchers this year than than against right-handers. Really? Um, so from the right-hand side, he's hitting two seventy with a three sixty OBP and a four seventy slug uh, for an eight thirty OPS, and he's only slugging he's only OPSing at seven sixty seven from the left side. So yeah, the other thing is he has made. He has. Um, he certainly appears to have made some adjustments. Uh, he had talked about in the past that he kind of jumped out from the right hand side and and locked himself up. Uh, and he certainly appears, results wise, to have made some adjustments against against left handed pitching. Yeah. So uh, you know the the Rangers have struggled so much, so mightily uh, this year uh, in so many different areas, uh, and uh, and especially in hitting. Now, with his success this year and with uh, with Odor's success and his, his turnaround, do you expect to see uh, uh, Anthony Iopace? I, you know, I can never pronounce his name. Iopose uh, and Justin Mayshore back as the hitting coaches? I I, I don't know. I um I I you know I I you can. <laughs> Here's the if you want to if, if you're the Rangers and you decide you want to make a change, okay, you can say, well, Joey Gallo took a step backwards, yeah, um, and we need Joey Gallo to be a franchise player, and so yeah. you can make that case. If you want to keep them, if you decide you want to keep them, you can say, look at the progress that Profar and and Odor made. So I think you've got you can build cases either way. To me, it always is a question of message, and do the, does the message get across? These guys work hard. When Mayshore came up, look, it was this is a guy who worked with these guys in the minor leagues. This, right. this guy knew these guys in the minor leagues. Iaposte was supposed to be brought in here as a guy who was able to get the message across. So, uh, you know, I, I think that right now, if I was guessing, the uh, 
if I had to put a a member of the coaching staff that's on the hot seat, I would guess it would be Doug Brokale more than anybody else, just because the starting pitching did not perform. Yeah, um, he but didn't get handed very much. Didn't get handed very much either, and that's that's the thing. You know, you can you can make a case for Doug Brokale and say, look, you know, what was he supposed to do with what we what we gave him? Or you can say, you know, we haven't seen the progress that we want to see. So right. I, I I hate to sit here and handicap um, yeah. guys' futures. Uh, I, I think that when this season is said and done, there will be some evaluation. And I would not be surprised to see this. You, co- you go through a second losing season, and it's hard for, for you to think that the staff is going to re- return intact. Yeah, I think there'll be some moves made, but you know, I don't. I don't expect any big, big moves made. I expect the manager to to be back, and I expect the manager to be back because how do you get somebody else to come in and absorb all the losses this team is going to take the next two years? Well, uh, that's that's a good point. But you, if you're going to do that, you've got to give the manager an extension because the last thing you need to do is go into next year with the idea that the manager is in the last year of his contract. You can give him, a, you can give him a one- or two-year extension. And then it's just going to be a, uh, a counting day until yeah, right. uh, until he's gone. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the flip side of that is if you decide you want to bring in a new manager and say, these are the guys that are going to be with us when we win, we want you to imbue them, believe me, you can find a good managerial candidate out there. You can. You can. I just think it's more difficult. It's like the, the the Dave Campo theory. Let him take all these losses, right? And then we'll, then we'll bring in our guy. I, I would I would say this. I'm relatively comfortable now saying that uh, thanks to this little stretch here, I don't think the Rangers will lose a hundred games, and I think that's that's one small on the field type victory for this team because it was looking for a while like this team was going to be a hundred game loser. Uh, I I just think the the thing that I'm interested in seeing we would be for Joey Gallo to have some kind of uh, good run over the final six weeks. And I'm interested to see if Ariel Hirado can keep up what he's done in his first two starts. Uh, the Rangers could really use him to develop into a just a back end of the rotation. They the need starters. some young pitchers to step up here. We've seen enough from position players. We need to see more from them. Absolutely. All right. All right, so Doug is now standing with his arms crossed. Crossed. Yeah, he's he's really mad now. Um, uh, so we had a, a, a Cowboys podcast, and now we've had a Rangers podcast. That's right. And that's it for this week. That's it for this week. But soon enough, we'll have more for you. We'll be back next week. I'll be here. Me too. So long, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.